Well, good morning, everyone. Great to have you with us again on our Sunday morning online celebration. Uh, if you've been with us the last few weeks, you'll know we've been on a little bit of a theme about how we navigate through these uncertain times in which we're living. Um, and we've had a few talks that have ended up being around the theme of boats. Um, I spoke a few weeks ago about uh, Noah's Ark and about um, the, the flight of the dove being led by the Spirit. And then uh, there was a talk a few weeks ago about the miraculous catch of fish and, and Peter's response to Jesus when Jesus calls him to do something. He says, because you said it, I'll do it. And then last week, of course, we had Mike uh, sharing with us um, and he was talking about Jesus being asleep in the boat with the disciples in the middle of a storm. And uh, he said, the storm is not the norm. And he talked about having faith over fear. And so today we're on another boat, this time uh, with the Apostle Paul, who at the time was a prisoner en route to Rome. Um, and if you think about Paul and his life, he went through all sorts of challenges and hardships as he sought to spread the gospel uh, to the Gentile world, particularly and in various countries around the, I suppose, what you would term the northeastern shores of the Mediterranean. And he records some of those events and challenges uh, in various parts of uh, uh, his, his writings and his letters in the New Testament. And he writes in one place in 2 Corinthians 11, 25, and he says this. He says, three times I was beaten with cords. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked and I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Uh, he went through some tough stuff. Uh, so he, he says there, when he's writing to the Corinthian church, he said, I was shipwrecked three times. Well, this is an additional one. When you get to the end of the Acts of the Apostles, Acts 27, uh, there's an account there of uh, Paul being shipwrecked again. And uh, I want to read a few, well, I want to read quite a chunk of it, actually. And the incident occurred, as I said, as Paul was on his way to Rome uh, as one of a number of prisoners. He's been overseen and escorted by a centurion called Julius. I'm going to put a map on screen so you can track as I read the verses uh, where Paul's journey uh, takes him. And so they set out initially landing at Sidon and you get to verse four and it says from there we put out to sea again and passed to the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. When we had sailed across the open sea to the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we landed at Myra and Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy, and put us on board. We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving at Cnidus. When the storm, uh, when the wind did not allow us to hold our course, we sailed to the Lee of Crete, opposite Salmon. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fairhavens, near to the town of Lacey. Much time had been lost. And sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. So Paul warned them. He said, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbour was unsuitable for winter, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbour in Crete facing southwest and northwest. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw the opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. 
before very long a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island and the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Coda, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard and then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of citrus. They lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. On the third day, they, drew the ship's tack through, they threw the ship's tackle with their hands overboard as well. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God, and it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. When about midnight, the sailors sensed we were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped the four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from, from the bow. When Paul said to, then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that had held the lifeboat and they let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single head, uh, hair from his head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognise the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at that time, at the same time, untied the ropes that held the rudder. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move. The stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. 
In this way, everyone reached land safely. Wow, what a story, what an experience. You know, we all know that uh, life can uh, deliver us perilous uh, times and experiences and sometimes they're out of our control aren't they um, you we're living through such an, a, a time now where sometimes it seems we have no choice we've just got to do certain things and you know paul in this uh, account uh, he he found himself even though he felt that it wasn't going to be a wise decision to go on a journey you know uh, others were making the ultimate decisions and the ultimate calls and against paul's better judgment uh the centurion decided that we we're going to sail you know and paul had said in verse 10 man i can see that the voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship the cargo and to our own lives and i wonder how many times over the last four and a half months have you found yourself with lockdown restrictions and regulations where you've thought i don't see why we have to do it this way it's not making sense how many times nationally has it felt like we are struggling to hold our situation together. You know, the government doing what it can to keep the nation secure in terms of health uh, and economy. It's a bit like passing the ropes under the hull of the ship, as we read there in verse seven. Uh, you know, sometimes it's felt like uh, with things that have happened that the cargo has been thrown overboard, like it was in verse 18. And, and then it gets really desperate and it seems like the ship's tackle is thrown overboard as it was in verse 19. And you think, whoa. And just when you think, you know, we seem to be getting a handle on things and, and we seem to be progressing and, and the virus uh, uh, infection rates are going down and, uh, and then things start to get worse again and we get area lockdowns and further restrictions. It seems, you know, I've been talked about in September when kids go back to school to try and uh, offset uh, all the implications that that might have. You know, and it, it could be in the midst of all of this uh, that there's people watching here today or listening to this um, who could probably sympathise with uh, the feelings of some of the people on the boat um, with Paul, where in verse 20 it says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Well, if you're starting to feel like that, when are we ever going to get out of this? When are we ever going to emerge this? When are things going to get to any sense of normality? Well, here's some good news. Someone once said, man's extremity is God's opportunity. The good news is we are not abandoned. God is with us. Paul was not abandoned. He, he was given a solution that would not only save him, but everyone on board. How many know that our God is a way maker, a miracle worker? Let's not lose sight of that. He has not abandoned us. You know, this supernatural provision for in this account that we've been thinking about was available because Paul belonged to God. Listen to uh, his words in verse 23. He says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and he gave me a message for you. It's the one I belong to. I mean, who do you belong to? Do you belong to God? Are you a follower of Jesus? If you are, that makes all the difference because he will not abandon you. Verse 24, the angel says, he addresses any fear and he says, do not be afraid, Paul. Do not be afraid of this storm. He says, you're gonna stand. 
in trial before Caesar. Don't be afraid of the storm. You've got to go. You are going to get to Rome. You are going to go and, and uh, make your case. And then he goes on and he says, not only you, but he said, I'm gracious. God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. God's plan for Paul's life was not to be shipwrecked. He was going to get to that appointment in Rome. And God's destiny for your life and my life as we're followers of him and belong to him, it will not be shipwrecked. Um, it's going to come through. We're going to come through. There will be challenges. It will be tough. Uh, and then you see this whole instance where in the midst of all of that then, Paul begins to worship in the midst of the storm. And I think that is so important for all of us, that as we belong to him, as we look to him, um, we're reminded of the cross of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and all the promises that are aligned with that. And in verse 35, uh, you know, Paul encouraged them to eat. He said, you've, you've not eaten for a fortnight. Get some food down here. And then he says in verse 35, it says he took some bread and he gave thanks to God in front of them all. And then he broke it and he began to eat. You know, that act of, that we often refer to as communion, breaking bread. And he did that in front of the whole crew and, and passengers and prisoners, 270 odd people on that boat. God's provision to those who belong to him is made available. And let's not lose sight of that as we, as we worship him as we honour him. And it's not only available to us, but God, through us, wants to make his provision available to others. This good news of the gospel, what an opportunity for Paul to uh, demonstrate and show not only his faith of God, but what God can do in the midst of a storm and bring them through. So when we are facing challenges and, and restrictions and choices are, are taken away from us. Let's not remember, uh, sorry, let's remember that we are not abandoned if we belong to him. Let's continue to worship God in the storm and let's see the, the salvation of God at work in the lives of those who are around us. Not only our life, but let's see God at work in the lives of those around us. Let's see his kingdom extended. Keep worshipping God. Keep honouring him in the midst of the storm, even with the challenges. And may God bless you in the days that we live. In Jesus' name. Amen.